on the football field, they are only recognized there. They become champions because of what they daily do. These guys going into this game did not take, you know, a, you know, a year off vacation, eating burritos and tacos and pizza, and then wake up this morning and go, okay, now I'm going to go and run and catch a ball and do all this kind of stuff. It was a daily habit every day that has created who they are and made who they are. It's everyday preparation. Abraham Lincoln said, I will prepare and someday my chance will come. See, we get in this thing of we, we, so many times are just going, well, I don't see what the next step is. And because I can't see what that next step is, we don't do anything. But if we begin to prepare ourselves, as we, you know, I had a, a, a preacher one time, uh, he, he was telling a group of people, he said, you know, he goes, I, I, you know, I believe in God's prosperity. He said, even when my bank account says something different, even when, you know, the, the, the bank is calling or creditors are calling or, you know, this bill comes in, I see myself as being what God has called me to be as a child of God, and that is to be prosperous. So he said, so what I would do is I would go downtown Chicago and I would find the fanciest places, the fanciest hotels, and I would go in where they would have their cafe area. He said, and I would order a cup of coffee. Basically, that's all I could afford. And I would order a cup of coffee and I would take a newspaper and I would sit in the middle of the most fancy lobby of these hotels and I would watch all these rich people come and go and he would say God you are no respecter person Lord according to Acts 10 34 you show no partiality so God I can be prosperous too and he said and I began to change my mindset that it's not about my biology it's not about where I've come from it's not about what what facts around me is saying, but the truth of the word of God is that I am a child of God, and I am prosperous, and I am more than a conqueror, so I need to change my mindset for that. But if we always want to, if we, if we stay in that cycle of just believing what everybody has always told us about ourselves, and what we have told ourselves about ourselves, then we'll never live that champion life. Um, you know, when, when, when uh, it, it's about that preparation step. When I was getting ready to become a parent, there were steps I had to do to prepare myself. I all of a sudden started pulling out books, and back then we didn't have the internet like we do today. You know, we'd have to go to the library and grab a book or something. And I would try and read and try and understand, and I would talk to people who had already been there, done that. And that's how we do. See, we have to choose our habits. And it's up to you to choose those. It's up to you to decide what habits you're going to take on that will either create in you a champion or create in you somebody who just wants to sit on the sidelines and watch life go by. Uh, Aristotle, the Greek philosopher, once said, we are what we repeatedly do. Success, therefore, is not an act, but a habit. You know, we all started off in, on the beginning of this, the year on our 21-day fast. And, and, and as all, I think all of the world does, you know, in, in this country, is the January 1st, I'm going to the gym, I'm going to start eating right, you know, uh, this is going to be great. And I don't know about you, but every year when the church goes into that 21-day fast, 
all the like the last two weeks of December is like a pig fest because you're just like I'm going to eat whatever I want because God I'm going to dedicate the next 21 days to you Lord God and I'm going to you know I'm just going to fast so until now so I'll lose all the weight of eating the you know the cookies and the you know the pie and all that stuff that we do at Christmas time and then we're so good for those 21 days and then how many of you know day 22 you're like oh I okay I've been on a fast so now I get to go eat again because it's not a habit that we created. It's just something that we just decided that we'll just do for these, for these amount of days. And, and then day 22, we go right back to our old habits because we're not changing and we're not choosing the right habits. You see, personal, or see, when we improve, the things around us improve. See, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, I grew, when I grew up, I mean, we, I grew up very poor. I grew up in a, in a country home out in a town that, you know, the, the school was from first grade to 12th grade. Um, you know, it wasn't Little House on the Prairie. It wasn't cabin living, but it pretty much could have been in this small town. We didn't have hot water, so we had to heat our water up. So there wasn't, a, you know, to try and do a bath, you couldn't heat the water up fast enough to put it into the tub to keep it hot. So we did the sink bath, and we did that for years. We didn't have a telephone, and we were out in the country. And the mentality that I created during that time was that I'm from this group of people, and this is all I'm going to ever do. I'm going to always live in poverty. I'm going to always live in lack. I'm going to always be that country person that, you know, that doesn't know how real world works. And this is how I'm going to have to live my life. But I started to get a revelation of who God is. And I started to get a revelation that it's not about what I've come up through. There's those of you, you come up through poverty. You've come up through abuse. You've come up through people telling you that you are nobody and nothing. And what we do is we create within ourselves that wall and that, 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 the, the barriers around us that says, this is my life. But guys... Champions don't think that way. Champions say, you know what? I, there's something better for me. There's something greater inside of me that needs to come out. And we are going to choose today in those seven habits of what we're going to do. See, champions decide every day. Number, let me just give you the seven habits. Let's start with number one. Champions decide to learn every day and from every experience. See, leaders are learners. And champions understand that life is the classroom. See, you can turn all that negativity that you've experienced in your life into a positive. You have to sit back and say, what's the takeaway that I can learn through what I've come through? And when we can sit back and say, you know what, for one thing, I can look back and I can see certain things in my life that I had gone through and where I come from and where I am today. And I can take those experiences and I can grow from there. And it also has helped me, instead of, instead of having the mindset that this is what has hindered me in life, I look at it and say, this is what has become a stepping stone for me to be and create who I am today, that I can help other people. 
I can look at other people, and when they begin to say, you know what, I'll just never make it in life. And I can say, really? Let me just help you with that. Let me help you with the mindset that you have. Because I've been there and done that, but let me tell you, there's a greater thing that God has planned for you if you'll change that mindset. Number two, champions write down what they learn. It's been said that the faintest pen is sharper than the sharpest brain. And when information is not documented, it will never be able to be implemented. So, I, you know, how many of you, you know, in the middle of the night, great idea. All of a sudden, I mean, it's like, I never thought of it that way. I, I got to do that. And, and you're like, it is so strong in my heart right now. I will not forget it. And you wake up in the morning and you go, what was that? I don't remember. It was something good. Lord, bring it back. Lord, bring it back. You know, we got to start learning. Either have your phone next to your bed or have pen and paper next to your bed. And you got to get out what's in here and put it on paper. One thing I love to do is I love to journal. I, I, I'm going to, you know, the, it's going to be fun one day when I'm, you know, it, I go, if the Lord doesn't come back, you know, I'll go home to be with him. And I'm going to have these journals left, and I hope my family reads all of them, you know, because I feel like there's lots of wisdom in there. I, you know, probably not. I'm probably just, you know, but I love to journal. I love to write. I just finished a five-year journal um, that every day you write a sentence of something for that day. And I, there's some days that it's just nonsense. And there's some days it's wisdom. And there's some days that I've already looked back and went five years ago, oh my gosh, this is what I was believing God for. And look at what happened in just three years, just you know, two years, four years, five years, whatever, how things have changed that I've been believing God for. I encourage you to journal. I encourage you to just begin to write some things down. Jeremiah 32 says, Thus speaks the Lord God of Israel, saying, Write in a book for yourself all the words that I have spoken to you. See, God commanded that things be recorded for future generations to know and to never be forgotten. Habakkuk 2.2 uh, 2 says, <clears throat> excuse me, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. See, the problem is, is that sometimes we don't like to write it down because it will hold us accountable to some things. See, in our thinking, we go, well, I don't want to write down because if it doesn't come to pass, then I'll just be heartbroken or I'll just be, no, 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 no. We don't want to write it down because we don't want to be accountable to do the habits necessary to bring that thing forth. Some of you, you know, it might be a financial thing. You don't want to write down a budget because you might have to be accountable to not do certain things so that you can learn to pay off some bills. We don't want to sit down and write down all the stuff that we owe because it makes us depressed. Well, get over depression. Amen. You got to write it down so that you can look at it and say, okay, Lord, see this bill right here? You and I, we're going to start working on this thing right here. I'm going to start making some phone calls. I'm going to start putting some money down on this. Some of you don't want to write down, uh, you know, a, a certain thing that the Lord has told you to do when it comes to ministry. Because then I might just have to be accountable on Sundays or Thursdays to actually do it. We've had people come up to us so many times and just go, Pastor, I feel like the Lord is calling me to teach. Do you have a Bible study here that I can teach? 
First thing we always ask them is, what are you already doing here, you know, uh, serving here in the house of God? Well, you know, I just really believe that my ministry is just, you know, studying the word of God. Oh, really? And we're going to let you come up and teach. Part of learning to be a champion and creating habits to be an excellent teacher of the word of God is that you do what the word of God says and become a servant in the house of God. So we don't want to write down, but I encourage you that that's what needs to be done. Luke 1, 3. He says, and it seems good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account. See, there's things that, you know, the word of God, listen, the word of God is all about men inspired by the Holy Spirit to write down what the Lord was telling them to do so that it can be established in our lives, the promises of God, that we can understand them today. It's important about writing it down and being faithful to do that. Number three, champions apply what they learn immediately. We have to remember the goal of learning is not knowledge, it's application. Have you ever taught? Oh, guys, listen. We, I remember in the beginning part of ministry, we had this one guy. And whatever was happening, we would have spring cleaning days at the church. Or we would have certain things that were going on, like a serve your city or, or whatever. And this man always showed up with a cup of coffee in one hand and his other hand in his pocket. And he loved to spew out facts and knowledge. And, you know, if somebody goes, oh, you know what? We need to clean, you know, uh, we need to clean the bathroom. Anybody, you know, want to help volunteer for the bathroom? He could tell you, you know, how the bathroom got started, why we call it bathroom, why we call it, you know, and all this kind of stuff while he was sipping his coffee and never did anything. Full of knowledge, but never applying. And part of being a champion is applying what you're learning. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. There, you do not have good success if you're not a doer. Amen? James one. 22 begin, starts out and says, but be doers of the word of God and not hearers only. That's why we come together as the body of Christ, that we hear the word of God, but then as soon as we walk through those doors, we become doers. And it says, deceiving yourself, for, for if anyone is a hearer of the word of God and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not, for, is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If you're sitting back and you're just saying, you know what, I just don't feel, the, I, I don't feel like there's a blessing of God in my life. You need, as a champion, to check your habits. Are you a doer? Bill Gates said this, when new knowledge is learned, you should apply it in your life within 24 hours as an action step in order to achieve it. Otherwise, it's lost and discarded. So there's things that we're learning right now 
and you have 24 hours to do something about it. When, you, when the Holy Spirit speaks something into your heart, write it down, and then begin to do something to work towards that. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're always trying to figure out, I got to get from A to Z, but there's a lot of steps in between. But if we would just sit back and just on A and look at Z, all right, football terms, you're at the 50-yard line, you see the, the goal, and you just stand there and look at it, that's a big goal. If I ever make it to that goal, we could win this game. Just crossing that line, that's all I got to do. Somebody hand me the ball. I, I like that line. I would go there one day, and we just stay there. How many of you know you're going to get sacked? But that's what we do all the time in life. We sit back and we look and we go, isn't somebody going to help me to get there? You know, if you change, if you did this, if you could say this, I could get to my goal. But the thing is, the word of God is speaking to you. And it applies to you. And the Holy Spirit talks to you and tells you the strategy and the plan. He's the coach. He tells you what to do. It is your job to do and get there. And as you do, others will rally alongside of you because they're all, we're all in this together. And we can all help one another. But we all have to be responsible to do. Number four, champions elevate them. Uh, evaluate themselves and their growth consist, uh, uh, consistently. Nothing happens by accident. Growth should be monitored or it will not happen at all. Right now I'm doing um, a 21-day brain detox. It is, it, it, it's, it's incredible. And I encourage you, and I, I taught this a long time ago, and we need to bring this back out again. Dr. Caroline Leaf wonderful woman of God, has been a scientist for over 25 years. And she is, is excited about the fact that science is finally beginning to catch up to, with the word of God. And she breaks down exactly how your brain functions. What happens when this happens and what happens when you think this. And, and the thoughts that we have, and, and let me tell you, a lot of times we have more negative thoughts than positive thoughts. And in your brain are these neurons that they look like a tree. And they have, they have the base and they have the branches that come out. And what happens is, is that every time that we think a thought and we're thinking negative, we're growing that negative tree. But in 21 days, you can actually dissolve that tree and create a new one that is healthy and positive. But there's things and habits that you have to do for 21 days in order to do this. That's how your brain works. Chemically, it can do this. And every time you think a thought, it has to change. You cannot think a thought and it stays the same. We always think we're thinking the same thought. But what you're doing when you think that thought is you're either creating it to be more negative or you're creating it to be more positive. So what I've been doing is doing this 21-day brain detox, and I'm telling you what, it is, it, it, it is a game changer when it begins to line up with, what, with, with evaluating yourself. All of a sudden, I had to start thinking, wait a second, I think really bad on this area. I am so negative when it comes to this. Oh, I put a smile on my face, and I do the little, you know, I'll say it, and then LOL, smiley face, ha, ha, ha. 
but I'm actually talking and thinking the negative. I'm thinking that this is never going to happen, that this is how it's always going to be, all this negative stuff. So I had to evaluate myself and say, okay, Pruitt, you got to change that thought. It has captivated you and held you hostage long enough. So when you evaluate yourself, how many of you know that, you know, have you ever been in those situations where people all of a sudden start going, you are so, you know, you're so downer. You know, you're, you're, you're always doing this or you're always doing that. And you always go, no, I'm not. Oh, I'm the happiest person around. I'm a fun person to be around. Why does everybody say this? Because you're not evaluating yourself. If you sat down and all of a sudden go, wait a second, I'm the one that they never called to hang out with. I'm the one, you know, that I'm always getting the eye rolls. Evaluate yourself. That's what a champion can, will do. And Jesus said, count the cost. In other words, evaluate um, yourself. And if there's something that you need to change, you begin to change it. Number five, uh, champions to help their growth. Champions enlist the help of a mentor. Mentors are gates to greatness. Isaac Newton said, if I've ever seen any further I've done so by standing on the shoulders of giants. And that's what mentors are. Mentors are our giants who cause us to perform better by the benefits of their wisdom. There, there are people that are mentors to me and they've never met me. But I have followed and I've studied after. And I said, you know what? I love their wisdom. I love their relationship with God. I love what they're doing and the purpose and the destiny that they're carrying out. And how did they get from this, from where they were to where they are now? I'm going to allow them to mentor me through their teaching. And we need to find that. We're so busy, you know, just watching, you know, uh, TV and our favorite little shows. And that's all fun and games for a while. But after that, we got to hook to some mentors and we got to begin to listen to what they're saying. If you want to take yourself to a championship level, you got to listen to champions, those who paid their dues to receive the championship. Um, Moses, you have Moses needed Jethro. And all through the word of God, you see the mentorship. Here Moses, he's trying, you know, he's doing this great thing. He's judging the people and, you know, and he's being, you know, the, their leader and all this kind of stuff. And, and Jethro, his father-in-law, comes and says, listen, you're about to kill yourself. You are doing this thing wrong. And Moses is like, I'm just doing what I thought was right. And Jethro says, no, what you need to do is you need to get other people and you need to get captains and you need to get leaders over in this area because you can't do it alone. And as he began, Moses began to listen to Jethro, his, uh, the, the people began to flourish. You've got Joshua needed Moses. You had Elijah that needed Elijah. Um, they're mentors that we need in our life. If you want to do something that you see somebody else is already doing, just begin to read their books or listen to their tapes or begin to just ask the Holy Spirit, help me to hook to somebody that can help me. Number six, champions cultivate a habit of daily prayer and Bible study. See, we, we get to, you know, we, uh, without God, we can do very little. 
And we need our time and the word of God. As, as we're, you know, it's Super Bowl Sunday, all they've been doing is studying their, their coach, you know, and the plans and, and the game book. And, you know, it's all about the strategies and, and how they're going to play this out and, <clears throat> and how they're going to win at this because of this plan. And that's what we have. We have our game book that we need to be in daily to see what the Word of God is. Part of that 21-day brain detox is getting into the Word of God and finding that scripture that I hold on to dearly every single day that is going to transform not just my thinking, but who I am. And it's found in the Word of God. We've got to be reading through. There's so many apps out there right now that, you know, if, even if you don't even have a Bible, you can get it on your phone. You don't even have to carry that Bible around. Just pull your phone out. There's, there's wonderful uh, devotionals that you can uh, do. Maybe you're like, well, I just don't know how. Where do I just, you know, throw the Bible up in the air or wherever it lands? That's what I read for the day. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. Or get a devotional and say, you know what, this is what I'm going to read today Be through this devotional. Or read through the Bible in a year. That's what Pastor's been doing. He does it every year of reading through the Bible. And it's important for that daily Bible study. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, so it piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Ephesians 6, 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We can't do spiritual warfare by just coming up with just things that we just want to just repeat, you know. Well, I heard somebody else say this. But when you're studying the word of God and it becomes alive and it becomes powerful in you, that when things do rise up uh, inside of you, you know what, you might not be able to quote it word for word. You know, sometimes we get afraid of that because we go, I am so going to, you know, mess it up. You know, I, I, I won't know where, where that Bible verse is found. I'm going to look like, like a fool. I'm going to look like I don't know the Bible. Listen, sometimes it just comes with age. You forget, you know, you forget your own name sometimes. So I'm not a Bible scholar, but I do know that when I'm studying the Word of God and then I'm going through a situation even if it's part of that verse, will come back to me that will change the way I'm thinking. It will change my situation. It will create a, that champion to rise up on the inside of me because I've allowed my stuff to be in the word of God. And also we need that time of prayer, daily prayer. You know, Jesus met with the Father daily. And if he did... And if he saw the importance of doing it, shouldn't we see the importance of it too? And it's just talking to God. I love the fact that, you know, sometimes, you know, we think that it has to be so elegant and it has to be, I've got to throw in some scripture verses in there too so God knows that I've been reading my Bible and, and I'll sound really, you know, really good and religious and all that kind of stuff. You know what, sometimes... He just likes me just to talk to him like I would a friend, like I would with my husband or like I would with my kids. He just wants, you know, sometimes I just go and I just get, you know, I'll just go, God, wasn't that crappy? And he doesn't go, oh, thou should not have said thou was that word. I really feel sometimes the Lord goes, yes, that was. Because 
when you're in daily communication with him, there's those times of just going, you know what, I just got to get alone with him. I just got to just spend some time in prayer with him. But then there's sometimes you're just riding to work or you're at your job and you're doing something or, you know, you're walking through a mall, wherever, that you can just begin to just talk to God. It's a daily communication with him. Ephesians 4, 6 through 7 says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ. If you need peace in your life, you need a prayer life. Because that's how it's going to come. And number seven, godly champions commit themselves to the ministry of a local church. You will not see, when you watch the Super Bowl, if you're going to watch it tonight, there is not going to be somebody who today decides, you know what, Uh, nah, I decided I I don't want to play for the Patriots or the Eagles today. Nah, I, I really heard that this other team was really good, and maybe I'll just go play for them. That's not how it works. But yet it happens all the time in church. Yeah, maybe I'll go to church. Maybe I won't. Oh, maybe I'll go try something else today. Maybe I won't. We run into people all the time, and we're like, hey, we haven't seen you for a while. And they're like, I know, you know, I've been going to this other church, but I'm coming back to Faith Builders. And we're like, well, wait, you know, well, what church, what church do you go to? Um, I don't remember the name. I'm like, okay, well, what's the pastor's name? I don't, oh, you know, it's a, it's a husband and wife, um, you know. And I'm, then we're like, well, what side of town is it on? Oh, it's, you know, it's um, uh, east. <laughs> We're like, okay. But champions are committed people. And Psalms 92, 13 and 14 says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Now, some of you young people, you don't care about that right now, but you get to a certain age, I want to be fresh, and I want to be flourishing, and I can do that and be fruitful in my old age when I am planted in the house of the Lord. Well, Pastor, I don't see why that's going to make any difference. Really? Then take it out of the word of God. If you don't think that being committed to your local church means anything, take that out. And I'm sure there's other things you want to take out of the word of God too. But because it's in there, I want to follow it. And because it's in there, I'm going to do it. Because I'm going to flourish. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. See, listen, you are all ministers. There's times that we come into the house of God, and we've had a bad week. And all we need, God, I just need to worship you. I need to hear the word of God. I need that pumping up. But also... As a minister of the gospel of who you are, there, are, there is somebody here today that needs you. They need to see you. Because for some reason this week, they have thought, I cannot make it. 
But when they see you, and they know that you've had some hard days too, but you're in the house of God, they go, you know what? I can make it. I can do it. Some people come in, and they're on the verge of a breakdown. But you, you come in, and you, during fast fellowship, fist bump, high five, hug on them. That's all they needed. They needed the arms wrapped around them. I told you my story, and you know it all the time. I was about to lose it. I hit a place of depression that I had never experienced before. And all I said in my car is I said, God, if I could just feel your arms around me right now, I know everything would be okay. But God, I know you're not going to come down from heaven and wrap your arms around me, so I'm just going to suck it up, buttercup. And walked into the store, dried my eyes, and was in the back. And a woman, never met her before, walks up and she said, um, I know, I don't know you and I don't think you know me, but I was standing over there and please don't think I'm weird, but I really felt like the Lord told me to come over here and give you a hug. Yeah. Can I do that? And I looked at her and I went, <laughs> <laughs> and she wrapped her arms around me, hugged me and left. It changed my life. When you come into the house of God, you don't come in with an attitude. You don't come in, who took my seat? You don't come in and go, well, you know what, Pastor? I braved the snow to get here. You better make me happy. <laughs> but you come in. When you step in those doors, you say, Lord, what can I do for somebody today? Can I just tell them that they're loved? Can I give them a hug, a handshake? Can I make them smile? Can I make them laugh? I'll tell my stupid joke. Nobody gets it, but for some reason, it just makes people laugh. Can I do that today? Can I minister to some children that are in the back, that they've been abused this week? They've been beaten by a parent, and nobody knows. But you decided today to go back and just give snacks out to the kids. Just get on the floor and play with them. Tell them Jesus loves them. And it changes their destiny because you're a champion and you understand the purpose of what it means to do and be the arms and the feet and the mouthpiece of Jesus. There's power when we come together. You are champions. Don't let anybody tell you any different. You are victorious. You will see the greatness of God flow through your life as you begin to operate in the habits of a true godly champion. Amen. Amen.